0: Your day just got a whole lot better. You're listening to the Mutual Audio Drama Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance.
1: 63 Audio presents Jake Dimes, Range Detective, A Tale of the Old West, by Pete Lutz, starring the Narada Radio Company.
2: Tonight, Chapter 10, Mystery Man.
3: our story so far. In our last episode, things looked pretty grim for range detective Jake Dimes, locked up in the town jail on suspicion of a triple murder, plus the attempted robbery of the D. Ranch's payroll, the very thing he'd been hired to look into, identified by a witness as the man who had assaulted the bank's head teller, and finally threatened with cowboy justice by an angry lynch mob. When we left off, Sheriff Burt Conroy was speaking in calm tones to the leader of the mob, Birch Hickam, while Jake's old pal and sidekick, Briar Buck, held Hickam at bay from the roof with a cocked Winchester rifle aimed right at Hickam's navel. As we take up our tale again, Birch Hickam has decided not to challenge Buck and with a few gruff words at all concerned, disperses the mob. After the last man straggles off, Briar Buck clambers down from the jailhouse roof and the two men entered to see how Jake had been handling himself during the ordeal.
4: Well, I come from Corpus Christi, and we just chased off a mob. And now we're gonna see if Jake was weeping like a slob. Oh, sweet Molly, sweet Molly, don't you cry, cause I never see it, Hiya, Jake. Howdy, Jake. Are you breathing easier?
5: I'm breathing just fine, Buck. You all right, Bert? Phew.
4: I don't mind telling you I'm glad that's over. I thought for sure Hickam was gonna call a bluff. That were a good idea, Jake. Having me get up on the roof like that took em all by surprise. Yep, I reckon. Say,
5: Buck, who's this Molly you was singing about? All the years I knowed you you was singing to Consuela. Just kinda happened recently, I
4: reckon. Jake, it's, it's Molly Sutcliffe.
5: Slim Sutcliffe's ma? She tended to you after you was dry gulch, didn't she? She sure did. afore that, though, she and me was kinda takin' a spark to each other. Well, I'll be. Old Buck, a regular Romeo. But how's Senorita Consuela gonna feel about that? (laughs) <laughs>
4: oh, Jake, she war not never no real old gal. Now, boys, I hate to break up the party, but uh, we gotta talk about the trial. Jake, I see you got yourself a regular, uh, what do you call it, uh, labyrinth that in the cell. That ain't what you call it, Bert. It's a lavatory. See that thar telescope? Buck? I knowed what the sheriff was trying
5: to say, and it ain't a telescope neither. I done told you a hundred times, it's a microscope. You're right, Bert. I've been looking over a few things. Testing some of the stuff you got for me. The slugs from the dead men and such. Buck, how are you coming along with that wash tub I asked for? Cobb Stewart at the General Store says
4: we can borrow one of his in any time we want. That's
5: right, kind of him. I reckon I'll need it in a day or two. Bert.
4: When are we going to talk about the trial, Jake?
5: Well, Sheriff, that's what I've been doing for the last five minutes. All of this laboratory stuff has to do with my defense.
4: Well, it's a head-scratcher to me. How any of it's gonna help. But, uh, if you say so.
5: I do. Now, have you got any replies to them wires got sent out the other day?
4: Oh, yeah. I've been meaning to tell you. uh, We did get one from the agency.
1: Well, boys, it's a nice night for a ride back to the Rolling Inn, ain't it?
2: It ain't neither, unless I can remember where I tied up my mount.
1: <sighs> it's tied up right
2: next to mine, Brax, if and that helps any. Not much, it don't, Joe, you red nosed horn swaggler. Hickam, where's our mounts? And you forgot, Joe, you're supposed to go back to the D-Bar D.
1: You two are pied. Come on, follow me. There's a right across the street. Come on. Yeah, man, no, oh, so right. you yeah. I Just. I don't even know why. Let me get it worked out. Let me smoke whiskey. I just. They're right here. The morning. They're right here. Here we are, right in front of a bank. Want to make a deposit, Joe? Uh, uh, <laughs> not a deposit, but maybe a withdrawal. I'll just break a window. Uh, 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 uh.
6: (laughs) I wouldn't do that if I were you, friend.
1: Whoa, who said that?
6: Who I am, gents, isn't as important as what I'm prodding into your spines right now. Feel that?
2: Hey! Ow! (laughs)
6: Uh, uh, uh. Why don't you drop that six-gun, friend, before one of your compadres gets a bullet in his back?
1: You no good, Al Hoot. I oughta... Drop it, Joe. Do it now. All right.
6: Thank you, Joe. Now, I suppose since he's Joe, you must be Hickam, and you Brax. How fortunate to find you all three together.
1: I don't know what you want, hombre, but... What
6: I want, Mr. Hickam, is this...
1: Hey, my gun!
6: Yes, and yours... Hey! Thank you, gentlemen. Now, if all three of you will step out into the street. It was a simple request, gentlemen. And remain quiet out there, if you'll be so kind. Any sudden move or loud sound, and I'll be forced to take drastic measures. Thank you again. I'll just retrieve this one off the sidewalk, and... (sighs) I do appreciate it. And now, my dear friends, one last thing. What's that? Please be so kind as to give me any and all currency you may have on your persons.
2: Currency? He means money, you idiot.
6: Yes, that's right. Come, come now, friends. I don't have all night.
4: Sheriff. Howdy, Hickam. Come in. And, uh, uh, hey, Brax. Howdy, Joe. Drag up a chair and, uh, set a spell.
1: Where's your prisoner?
4: Dawson? Oh, uh, he's upstairs having a bath and a shave. Trials tomorrow, you know.
1: Oh, that's too bad. We was hoping to give him some, uh, Words of encouragement, wasn't we, boys?
4: Mm hmm. I just bet you was. Anyways, I reckon you're here on a of, you got my message.
1: Yeah. Our guns turned up just suddenly, like that. It's been three nights since that no count owl hoot held us up.
4: Just like that. Found him this morning in a burlap sack tied to my door handle. It was the queerest thing. Now, uh, before we continue, I need to know, are we going to have a repeat of that incident from the other night?
1: You mean the mob? Oh, Sheriff, we kind of figured at the time that we wanted to see justice done. But now we aim to let the law do its duty. Ain't that right, Joe? Brax? Yes, uh-huh. sir, that's so.
4: Well, all righty. Now, uh, boys, if in ya could, uh, each of you, sort of one at a time, point out the gun as is yourn?
1: That's mine in the middle.
2: That over there? That's mine. Mine's right here.
4: Okay, that's fine, boys. Only thing left is to sign the sheet, and you can take your property and bambooze.
1: Sign? Well, ain't you getting all citified, Bert?
4: It's almost the twentieth century, Hickam. A man has got to change with the times. Record keeping is part of the job now.
1: Give me a pencil. Times is just fine the way they is. Okay, make your X, boys.
4: I can write my own dang
2: name. Me too, I just don't do it often.
4: Thank you kindly, gents. Here you go.
2: Now, uh,
4: just so you know, boys, I tested your six-shooters and uh, can assure you that whoever stole them didn't damage them none. They all fired just fine.
1: Much obliged, Sheriff. I don't reckon there was any of our money in that burlap sack.
4: Nope. Sorry, Hickam. Just the guns.
1: I didn't reckon so. I swear, if I ever find the snake has took our guns and money off... Well,
4: it's too bad none of you could give a description of the feller.
1: Well, it were dark, weren't it? And he wore a bandana across his face,
4: and you was all drunker'n five polkas.
1: That don't make no never mind, Bert. Only thing I knows for certain is he was a goddamn foreigner talking all purdy like.
4: I've been keeping my ears open ever since you boys reported it, and uh, I ain't heard no strangers a talking that
1: way. I reckon I'll figure it out, and when I do. I reckon I'll be better qualified to be Sheriff of Prickly Pear than you is. All right, boys. Let's go.
4: So long, boys. See you again real soon.
7: Senorita Chris, the night is chilly.
0: I bring you a wrap. Here. Oh, thank you, Lupe. (laughs) Oof, that's better. I didn't realize it had gotten so cold.
7: Si, senorita. You think about Senor Jake, eh?
0: Yes. I'm so worried about him. His trial is scheduled to start tomorrow and I haven't been allowed to leave the ranch and nobody here will tell me anything they know.
7: It is your papa's orders, cariña. Nobody wants to break them. But I see you hold the envelope from Senor Jake. Have you read the other letter inside?
0: No. I keep meaning to, and yet I'm afraid of what I'll learn. Oh, I know it's a letter from another girl. His old sweetheart back home, he said in his note... And part of me is so jealous of her and the time that she's had with Jake. And another part of me realizes that I've only known him for a few weeks. So to think that I feel that way about him is ridiculous. Lupe, am I making any sense at all?
7: Si, señorita Chris. The love. It is the same.
0: No matter where
7: you come from.
0: And does it always hurt?
7: Si, cariña. Lo siento.
0: Lupe... You are my dearest friend. I've known you since I was just a girl. Help me. We'll do this together. Here's the letter from the girl. You open the envelope and take out the letter and then sit next to me and we'll read it together. All right? See si. me. Mi. Mi amiga.
7: Amiga bella.
0: All right. Are you ready? Yes? Okay.
7: Let's see. Cariña, do we want to know who wrote the letter first? Or do we want to wait until we get to the end? Ooh, Uh, I don't know. What do you think? I would look at the name at the end, and then I would go back to the beginning and read the letter.
0: Why would you do that?
7: In this way, we know her a little bit more before we start.
0: I see. Yes, and in this way, she is not a complete stranger. All right, we'll do it that way, Lupe. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Hmm. It's not very long, just three pages. It's very nice paper, too. Expensive. Her penmanship is very nice. Much better than mine. All right, here we are. It's signed, With all fondness, Marigold Pinkelson. Huh. With all fondness. Doesn't sound very promising, does it?
7: The Marigold. This is a flower, no?
0: Yes, a marigold is a flower. But what is a pink
7: son? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's it's just a name, Lupe <laughs> 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 All right. I think we've delayed this long enough. Ready? See. Sí. All right. <clears throat> My dear Jake. Oh. Oh. Oh dear. Oh dear. No. No, no, Jake. Oh. Lupe. What is the matter, Karina? <laughs> it's okay.
7: Shh. It's okay, Karina. It'll be okay.
3: What on earth could be in the contents of that letter from Marigold Pinkelson to bring poor Chris Greenslate to such violent tears? What sort of scientific tests are being run by Jake Dimes in his makeshift jail cell laboratory? What was the real purpose behind the holdup of the three men from the payroll robbing gang? And who was that mysterious stranger? To find out what happens next, tune in to Chapter 11 of Jake Dimes' Range Detective, coming soon. Chapter 10, Mystery Men, was written, produced, and directed by Pete Lutz and starred Dana Gonzalves as Jake Dimes, Austin Beach as Buck, Jeff Niles as Sheriff Conroy, Victoria Fonsky as Chris, Tommy Gregg as Hickam, Mark Kalita as Joe, Lothar Tuppen as Brax, David Alt as The Stranger, and Debbie Lial Ramirez as Lupe. Your announcer was Darren Rockhold. Tune in again next time when you'll hear Fred Greenslate say... Christine? Christine? Now, where did she
4: get off to? I'd better look around and see just what in the world she's
3: doing. That headstrong daughter of mine gets into more trouble. This has been a 63 Audio production.
1: 63 Audio.
2: Buongiorno. I am Flaudio, and I am very interested in what makes audio drama work. I want to share with you my recipe for a perfect evening. An evening for two lovers. Lovers of audio drama. When I plan an audio drama, I want to make sure that everything is perfect for us. The soundscape is the most important thing to set the mood for the night. When I lay in a special ambiance or sound effect, It is very important because it can express what I feel so perfectly. A sound effect can speak for the story when words just cannot capture the love I feel. Love I feel for you. When it is dark, I turn on the sound effects. I turn up the soundscape. And the voices can then dance in a perfect state of bliss where there is no world, except the one we make with our love. No time, except what is needed for our story to play out. A story that we will make come true. This audio drama public service announcement was brought to you by The Amigos.